Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll be doing my Final Four recap, as well as the championship games as well. Got a lot to say for the men and for the women, so you'll hear it all. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we just wrapped up the college basketball season. We had the Final Four, of course, for the men and the women. And then we had the final games, Sunday, the women in Dallas, and then Monday, the men in Houston. So let's get into it. A lot has taken place in terms of the college basketball and the rhetoric off the court. I'm going to address all that, so just hang in there with me. Uh, What I am going to do, though, I am going to start with the men this time, because it seemed like that was less drama than the women, that's for sure. So, you know, there was a lot of pundits, namely Rob Parker. He does a show with Chris Broussard, uh, the odd couple, and he was saying how this men's tournament was weak. He called it the final flop. You know, here's what I will say. I think the transfer portal has its benefits and it has its downfalls. And I think you're seeing it more in the men's game than you are the women's game. But nonetheless, I think we've gotten to a point where the mid-majors have pretty much caught up to your quote-unquote blue blood universities so i think that's where the game is in terms of that so that's why you get a five seed and a nine seed in the final four well you got two five seeds and a nine seed and of course you have uconn as a number four seed so i think that's where we are in terms of the basketball on the men's side with that said let's talk about the games Saturday, you had the first game. It was San Diego State, the Aztecs, going against Florida Atlantic University. So in that game, it was a pretty competitive game, guys. And the final score ended up being San Diego State 72 and Florida State 71. And this was a game, guys, where San Diego State was down at the half, 40-33. to But... San Diego State, you can never count them out. They put it on in the second half, and they were able to pull out the victory, guys. So let's talk about some of the players that stood out. Matt Bradley, of course, he led the way for the Aztecs. He's their senior guard. 21 points for him with six rebounds, two assists. And then you had Jaden Ledee coming off the bench with 12 points and six rebounds. And he's a senior as well. On the losing side for the Owls of Florida Atlantic, Elijah Martin, the sophomore there, he had 26 points with 7 rebounds. And then you had the freshman, Nick Boyd, 12 points and 3 rebounds for him. So, with that said, you know, the backcourt of Florida Atlantic's pretty young. You hope those guys come back for the following season, and then who knows what they'll bring to the tournament next year. So, 
You got two dynamic guards there, so. But kudos to Florida Atlantic for getting that far, that's for sure. So, San Diego State makes it to the final game. And then in the latter game, you had UConn, the 4C facing the 5C Miami Hurricanes, who had a pretty outstanding season there under Jim Laranaga. But UConn prevails 72-59 in a game where they were up at the half, 37-24. So you had them um, up at that point, and they end up with the double-digit win to add to their double-digit wins that they've had throughout the tournament. In the Final Four game, Adama Sonogo, he's been a terror in this tournament, guys. He's the junior forward. He's 6'9", 21 points for him, 10 rebounds and 2 block shots. And then, of course, you have Jordan Hawkins, the sophomore, 6'5", 13 points for him with 3 rebounds to lead the way for the Huskies. And then for the Hurricanes, Isaiah Wong, continue his good play, the junior guard, 15 points for him, 2 assists, 2 steals. And then your senior swingman, Jordan Miller, 11 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 assists for him. So Danny Hurley has his team poised and set for the final game. So let's talk about that championship game. A game where, you know, in college basketball, guys, you know, teams go on runs, and that's pretty typical, but it's a matter of how long you let these runs go. So a good defense like the Huskies was able to lock in. I think the game at one point, they were like tied at 10-10, and then UConn went on their run, and that pretty much kind of sealed it for them. So, But a good game nonetheless. Uh, San Diego State fought hard. They really did. But in the end, the cream rose to the top. For the Huskies, that man against Sonogo, he's been a terror, guys. A 17 points and 10 rebounds. So much so, he ends up getting most outstanding player for the tournament. And rightfully so. I mean, you could have went Jordan Hawkins, but it seems like Sonogo really stepped up in these last few games. And then you had the senior Tristan Newton. He had 19 points along with 10 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. And Jordan Hawkins, 16 points with 4 rebounds. And oh, in this game, UConn led at the half 36-24. And second half really didn't relinquish that lead. And on the San Diego State side, Keyshot Johnson... Their senior 6'7 uh, forward, 14 points with 4 rebounds. Then you had the junior Lamont Butler with 13 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. And Darian Trammell, their senior point guard, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 3 steals for him. So UConn does it. They end up winning it all. Danny Hurley, he becomes the third UConn coach to win a NCAA title. Of course, the first two is Jim Calhoun, and then later Kevin Ollie was able to do it. So he becomes the third coach in that program to get a NCAA title. And, of course, we know Danny Hurley comes from a basketball family. His dad, Bob Sr., he's in the Hall of Fame for his coaching exploits. 
And, of course, his brother, who knows a thing about championships as well, as he won the, a few of those with Duke University. So, Danny Hurley makes his own name, and he wins a NCAA title. So, big ups to UConn University. Of course, they're doing their thing, whether it be men's or women's. I think next year the women will be uh, forced to deal with it if they get everybody back healthy. Gino Ariema will be back in the fold again. On that note, let's turn to the women's game, since I'm already starting to talk about it a little bit. Here's how it shook out for the women. On Friday, you had the final four games. The first game was number three LSU playing the number one seed Virginia Tech in a game where LSU was down after three quarters. So they were down 59 to 50. But in that quarter, they ended up outscoring Virginia Tech 29 to 13, thus getting the win 79 to 72. Alexis Morris, she was the star of that game, 27 points. A lot of those points came in that fourth quarter, guys, when LSU needed it the most. And then, of course, you have Angel Reese, 24 points for her, 12 rebounds, 3 steals. LaDasia Williams, 16 points for her, 7 rebounds, 3 steals, and 2 assists. I'm going to talk about her when I get to the final game. And in this game, <laughs> and tuck this away, the bench in this game for LSU, 0 points. So, tuck that away. We'll talk about that when we talk about the final game. so And for the Lady Hokies, Elizabeth Keatley, strong game for her, 18 points, 12 rebounds, 7 blocks, guys, and 3 assists. So she's the senior. She goes out strong. Kiana Taylor, 17 points for her, along with 9 rebounds, 2 steals. Georgia A. Moore, she really struggled in this game, guys. She got the 17 points, but she was 5 of 17 from the field and 4 of 15 from 3. So, really struggled in this game. She did have 3 rebounds and 2 assists. So, And that's pretty much where the game is lost, guys. If she makes maybe about 3 more 3-pointers, three they win the game. So, A. Moore picked the worst time to have her worst shooting game. So, LSU ends up prevailing. Kim Mulkey's squad moves on to the final game. Let's talk about the nightcap, which was the premier game, guys. It was number two, Iowa, going up against the number one seed, South Carolina. This was a game... I mean, the score is pretty close, but it seemed like it was a bigger gap than that, guys. But you got to give South Carolina credit. They hung in here, but Iowa gets the win, 77-73. to And then in this game, Caitlin Clark goes bananas. She had already been named Player of the Year prior to this game, so you knew going in that she had that award in her hip pocket. But she goes off, guys. 41 points, including five three-pointers, eight assists, six rebounds. Monica Sinano, 18 points, three rebounds, three steals. And the rest of the team filed this away, too, guys. 
only 18 points for the rest of the team, six of which came off the bench. So it's obvious that Iowa does have a weak spot, and that's their bench. You need your starters to pretty much make it through the game unscathed as far as fouls and all that sort of stuff. For South Carolina, Zaya Cook, their senior, 24 points for her, eight rebounds. Camilla Cardoza coming off the bench had a strong game, guys. 14 points, 14 rebounds, three blocks. Aaliyah Boston, not the greatest of showings. Only eight points. She sat a lot, guys, because she was in foul trouble. She was 2 of 9 from the field, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. So, I'm pretty sure, you know, she would have definitely wanted to have a better game going out, but that wasn't the case. And in this game, guys, South Carolina got 38 points from their bench. So, they outscored the Iowa bench. 38-6, to so it's obvious there's a weakness there in terms of Iowa, and it's from their bench. So, file that away when we talk about the championship game. So, I thought in this game, I said in the preview, I thought Dawn Staley would really feature Leah Boston, given that Caitlin Clark, and rightfully so, she got player of the year. But Dawn had the mindset that, Some players get to shine, others do not, and that sort of thing. So, I thought she really featured her. She didn't do so. But, I mean, the team still hung in there, so you got to give them credit for that. Outside shooting wasn't there. So much so that it was being shown over and over how Iowa basically sagged on the inside to prevent Aaliyah Boston from going off. And they seemed like they were successful in doing that. And in doing so, showed on the cameras Caitlin Clark waving off Raven Johnson, the South Carolina guard. Something that Alexa Morris for the LSU Lady Tigers, when she watched the game, saw and she found that to be disrespectful. So she filed that away for herself. But you got to give Iowa credit if that's their game plan, you know. So I thought Dawn would adjust to that, but obviously she didn't have the shooters. Cardozo saved them, you know, with her inside play because, let's face it, Iowa doesn't have anyone who can contend with Cardoza. And I hope for next year that what Dawn does is surround Cardoza with some shooters. So this way, you know, that their attack is once again potent, but it wasn't in this game. You know, Dawn in a post-game press conference, she cited the fact that she didn't like how her team was being covered by certain people in the media. And she really shined a light on a big issue that prevails in the women's game, particularly for black women. So she really shined a light on that. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about the championship game. Kudos to South Carolina for going undefeated all the way up until that game, which isn't easy to do. They had won 42 straight. So, Aaliyah Boston, she'll be fine at the next level. She'll be okay. Sometimes these things happen. But, you know, I have full confidence in that young lady to bounce back from that and to have a very wonderful WNBA career. So, hats off to Dawn Staley and the South Carolina Gamecocks. So, Let's move on to the championship game, shall we? A lot to talk about here. First of all, this game was the most watched women's basketball game in history. 
the most watched finals game in history. So almost 10 million people watched this game. So that tells you the magnitude of the women's college game right now. And as I was saying with the men about the transfer portal, it's actually a benefit in the women's game because it seems like players are picking where they go. They're picking the programs they want to play under. So I know Dawn Staley gets a few of our players from there. Kim Mulkey, she got as many as nine players this season and had to blend all that talent together. And she got them into the championship game. So that's a credit to Kim Mulkey. So, with that said, let's talk about the game. LSU, the underdog in this game to the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, they're the three seed going against the two seed. This game was initially kind of nip and tuck. It was very close. And then in that second quarter, things just exploded for the Lady Tigers. They just started draining threes, man. So, basically, Kim Mulkey... Whether it was the team itself or her decided that, hey, if you're going to give us outside shots, we're going to take them. We're going to knock them down. And boy, did they do it, guys. Starting with Jasmine Carson. She's a senior who pretty much sacrificed her game, guys. She started coming off the bench. When she got off the bench, man, did she play, guys. 22 points coming off that bench. She hit 7 of 8, 5 of 6 from 3, guys, including a bank shot 3 at the buzzer at the half that I could not believe went in. Oh, what an amazing shot. Jasmine Carson, what a game, man. And that put LSU up at the half, 59 to 42. So they had the big lead going into the half. In the second half, a lot of foul trouble. A lot is being made of the refereeing in this game. I thought on both sides they were calling ticky-tack fouls. Then, of course, the big one where you had the four foul called on Monica Sananu. And then Caitlin Clark takes the ball and throws it out of bounds. Prior to that, guys, the team itself was already warned about a delay of game. So this was the second infraction, which in the rule book means that it comes with a technical foul. So that's what happened. So she throws the ball away instead of giving the ball to the ref. She gets called for the technical. That's her fourth, along with Sinanu having her fourth there. The game was kind of close at that point. I think it was down to seven. And I think that's where it kind of got away from the Iowa team. But in that second half, particularly in that fourth quarter, Alexis Morris, who they call Lex Luthor, rightfully so because she was a villain that night too she scored 21 points guys and of those 21 points 15 she got in the fourth quarter i mean she was defending caitlin clark as best as she can but she knew in the fourth quarter that was her time and she delivered guys and she has such an amazing story guys so 21 points 15 in the fourth quarter nine assists two rebounds for her oh by the way lsu pulls out the win 102 which is a finals record uh, 102 points being scored uh, so lsu sets a record in getting the win over iowa 102 to 85 again alexis morris amazing story 
first when she came into college, she went to Baylor. She played a season for that team. She got kicked off the team. And then she tried to start up again at Rutgers. Got kicked off of that team. Then she goes to Texas A&M. And then it doesn't work out there. So she transfers over to Kim Mulkey's program at LSU. So, oh, by the way, Kim Mulkey was the coach at Baylor who gave her a second chance when she came to LSU. And it seems like it was rewarding for both Morris and for Kim Mulkey. So definitely a storybook ending for Alexis Morris. And I tell you what, guys, next week is the WNBA draft. If I'm a team, I definitely would consider getting this young lady. She's a fighter. She doesn't give up. She's a winner. And that's somebody you want inside your program. She's made mistakes. But she's learned from those mistakes and she has matured. So definitely uh, kudos to her. Then you have Ladesha Williams. This girl took such a beating in this game. Oh man. I mean, Sananu with her elbows. She really took a beating inside. But she had a very good game as well. 20 points for her. 5 rebounds, 3 steals. And she just declared that she's headed to the WNBA draft. So a team would be more than fortunate to get a tough player like this in Ladesha Williams. So, And then, of course, we last but not least, Angel Reese. What more can I say about her? You heard me talk about her before. She's a phenomenal player. 15 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. And, oh, by the way, she was named the most outstanding player for the tournament. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it should have been Caitlin Clark. But, you know something? With the winners goes the spoils. So, she was great throughout. Angel Reese, oh, by the way, she ended up averaging a double-double for the entire six games of the tournament. Uh, You know, again, with the victor goes the spoils. So, She gets it. We'll talk about her celebration in a minute. So let's talk about Iowa and what they did. Caitlin Clark, 30 points. It was a tough 30 points for her to score, guys. She did it on 9 of 22 shooting. She did hit eight threes in this game, which is a record. So she was 8 of 19. Eight assists, two rebounds for her. Monica Sinanu, 13 points, six rebounds. Three assists, three steals, but she did foul out of the game. Kate Martin, she had 13.6 assists and two rebounds. And McKenna Warnock, another player that they rely on, only nine points with six rebounds. And she fouls out the game. So, so again, I pointed out when I talked about the previous game, they need all their starters in there and not in foul trouble like this, guys. And I think that's what really did them in. Lisa Buda was pulling her hairs out trying to figure out what was going on with these refs in this game. There was moments with Kim Mulkey was pretty much on the court and nothing was called. So people want to make a point of mentioning that. You know something? With winning comes certain... I don't want to say perks, but it gives you a little gravitas, if you will. Kim Mulkey's a three-time NCAA winning coach. So, you know, she's given a bit of rope, if you will. So she may be allowed to get away with a few things 
Whether it's right or wrong, that's not for me to say, but that's just the way it is. You know, she seemed like she had the ear of the refs at time. Some of her players was in foul trouble too. Oh, by the way, Angel Reese, she and Alexis Morris sat most of that second quarter while they went on their run. So she had her share of bouts, if you will, with the refs. But in the end, you know, working the refs, guys, it's done in every sport, if you want to look at it. It's done in football. It's done in pro basketball. And it's done here. For people to say her going at the refs, she shouldn't do that. That's part of gamesmanship. I know Lisa Boulder was banging her head because it seemed like she couldn't get through to the refs, whereas Kim Mulkey was able to get their ear every now and again. So that was the challenge there. So with that said, let's talk about the one point that everyone's talking about. We'll talk about it now. And that is basically Angel Reese trolling Caitlin Clark. She did the whole you can't see me thing which oh by the way Caitlin Clark did to not only South Carolina when she won she did it to Louisville the prior game in the Elite Eight where her and Haley Van Lift was going at it yeah so she has a history of trash talk guys so of course if you give it you gotta take it as well which I'll admit she did in fact she had an interview today about it I'll get to that in a minute But the whole hubbub now is, and then the fact that as the game was ending, Angel Reese went after her to do the whole, you can't see me again, and point to her finger, put the ring on it. Was it a bit much? I guess it is, but you know something? (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm not a 20-year-old girl who's playing basketball. I'm not that, so... You know, we're in times where, you know, she said as she played on the court, there was trash talking and stuff like that. So, you know, trash talk has been a part of the game, guys. It's not going anywhere. It's done in the men's game. It should be accepted in the women's game. And that's just the way it is. Would I prefer her to, you know, take the winning in stride? Sure, but that's her being herself. So who am I to say? Who am I to legislate? But, with that said, you had some folks who took issue with it. So much so, they took to Twitter. Keith Olbermann, with his 64-year-old behind, calling a 20-year-old young lady a idiot. And he'd just say idiot. Keith Olbermann, you could kick rocks with no socks. <laughs> Straight up. That's uncalled for. And then he gives a mea culpa afterwards talking about oh i didn't realize that caitlin clark did it also it's still not right uh miss me with that and bravo to shaquille o'neal bravo who clapped back at him on twitter so bravo shaquille o'neal good job then we move on to dave portnoy of buttstool sports (laughs) some blog that's on the um on the internet or whatever This degenerate gambler had the nerve to call her a piece of you-know-what. And this is all because he lost money because he was rooting for Iowa. He he put money on Iowa, and he lost his money. So this degenerate gambler goes on to Twitter and calls her what he calls her. Uncalled for 
And it seems he has a history of this sort of thing. So he too can kick rocks with no socks. Let me move on. Doug Gottlieb has a radio show on Fox Sports 1. Now this guy who, as a player, had the nerve to come into a game with his shorts on backwards. And he's a credit card thief on top of it. And you got the nerve to make disparaging remarks about Angel Reese. You can kick rocks. One more person. Danny Cannell. A failed quarterback with the New York Giants. Now he's in the media now. He had some things to say. So here's another one who can kick rocks. And you notice there's a pattern with this, right? But, of course, leave it to Jason Whitless to break the pattern. But he really doesn't when you think about it. When you think about his absurd nature these days. So... Let me read to you what he had to say. Roland Martin had to clap back at him. I'll read you that too. So this is what he had to say about Angel Reese. Because apparently she was able to turn her success into NIL deals now. She got other things going on financially. So she's able to create a windfall for herself. Which I applaud. I applaud any college players who's able to get money. Because you know why? The colleges and universities are making money hand over fist. So if a player can make money, I'm all for it. This is what this clown had to say. Successful clout chasing. Nothing authentic about what she did. Calculated for financial gain. Bag mentality. This idiot goes on to say that. And you made a career of talking disparagingly about Colin Kaepernick when he took the knee, falling in line with everybody else who's thinking it's all about a piece of cloth, you taking the bait, and having disparaging things to say about LeBron James, a man who you couldn't even walk in his shoes if you tried. This is what my guy, Roland Martin, had to say in response to him. Go to hell, Jason Whitless, that's who I call him. All your punk ass does is clout chase. You have done the same that you accuse others of. You told me your constant talk about LeBron James and Colin Kaepernick was about ratings. Is that clout chasing? Bag mentality? You are a despicable human being. And I 100% agree with that tweet. Period. Full stop. You are disgusting. For your old behind to pick on a 20 year old. Man, listen. Here's what I'm going to say to Angel Reese. Keep being you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep securing that bag. And just keep shining. We appreciate you. We definitely appreciate you. Nothing but big things ahead for you. So definitely shout out to you. Oh, and one more person on my hit list, unfortunately. The First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden. She put out the idea of and wanting both LSU, who ended up winning the title, and Iowa to be invited to the White House because Iowa played so hard. I strongly, let me just put it that way, I strongly disagree, Dr. Biden. This should not happen. This should not happen in any instance. LSU worked hard all year to get to this point where they win the championship. And you want them to share the stage now with the team they beat in order to reach the summit? No, that can't happen. And Iowa, if you're listening, 
if you haven't already, politely tell Dr. Biden, you know, that's a nice gesture, but LSU earned their title, will decline. We'll see you next year when we win it. That would be the prudent thing for Iowa to do. And Caitlin Clark actually said as much so. She was on outside the lines. Oh, by the way, she said that the vitriol that Angel Reese is receiving is uncalled for. So this is a person who the trolling was about. She's basically saying, let it go. So why are these mediocre clowns out here caping for Caitlin Clark, where she herself says it's not a big deal? Again, y'all know what y'all can do. Kick rocks with no socks. Anyway, so that is about it for my analysis of the women's championship and all of the college play overall. Congratulations to LSU, to Kim Mulkey. I know some people still aren't thrilled with Kim Mulkey over the whole Brittany Griner thing. I'm going to take it from another angle. Kim Mulkey, I believe she cares for Brittany Griner. I do. I think she's in a position, though, where she's at LSU, kind of the Bible belt, so to speak. So she's got to walk a fine line when it comes to that. And you know those Bible belt folks feel a certain way about certain people. So I think she's walking a tightrope in that regard in terms of boosters and all that. I don't have any evidence of this, but I think that's the thinking behind it. I think in a private moment with no cameras around, she has a different feeling on Brittany Griner. I'm just saying, that's just me. So kudos to Kim Mulkey. She's now won her fourth championship. That's hollow ground, by the way. Only the likes of Gino Ariema and the late great Pat Summit has reached such heights. So, Kim Mulkey, I give you all the credit in the world for doing what you did this whole season. Bringing that program together like that in a short time. That's an incredible job. So, definitely shout out to you and for what you did in your home state, by the way of Louisiana bringing a championship to the LSU program, the first of its kind in school's history. So with that said, I am done. That's it for me. Boy, I went longer than I thought I did. All right, guys. So that is it. We're done with college basketball for the moment. I will concentrate now on the NBA. They're wrapping up their season. Got a lot to say in terms of that, guys. A lot has happened. We'll talk MVP race. We'll talk about teams dropping, teams rising. My Knicks are in the playoffs, guys. I'm happy about that. They will face the Cleveland Cavaliers, which will be a tough matchup indeed. But I'm right with the Knicks until the wheels fall off. So anyhow, so I'm done, guys. That's it. Of course, as you know, go to the website, allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can support me there a couple of ways through Anchor, which is now Spotify, or through Buy Me a Coffee. You can do that as well. Uh, leave reviews as well on the website or on YouTube, All Things Basketball GD, or Podchase. I'm there. I'm all over the place. I'm on Apple Podcasts as well. So, all right, guys. So, I'm done. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll talk soon. Take care. 
So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. And take care and be safe.